I am unashamed. What about you? So this is uh, this is exciting, Jace. This is a uh, this is unashamed podcast history because we are coming from three separate locations. We are we are putting all of our technology to the test. Well, you want my prediction? Let me go ahead and give yeah. you my prediction. What, for what's the your day. prediction? By the end of this, it'll be me and old Phil just talking it over. <laughs> you, you don't have a lot of faith no, in we've our had technology. This happen. People have written emails that somehow I got to, and they're like, hey, what happened at the end? There was nobody there but you and Phil. I was like, yeah. <laughs> that was my only response. I just went, yeah. So uh, for those of you listening, because if you're watching, you can see it. But if you're listening, we have uh, I am coming from Austin, Texas, and I have one Jeppy Co. Robertson uh, with me today. The other half of Jace's uh, treasure hunting duo. And then we got Zach coming in from Black Mountain. So this is an exciting day. I'm, 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 how long will it be before we crash and burn? That's the, that's the question. Anybody over or under? Will it be? Will we make it halfway, Jace? With yeah, you make it halfway. We usually wrap up the last third. So I've, have I've not seen uh, in my seventy-five years on the earth. I've not seen a group of individuals come together. All of them can do each other. So the bloodline is all the same. I've never seen a family structure uh, who uh, articulate what we are articulating. I've never seen yep. that ever. Are you talking Have about you, Jesus? Or are you just talking I, about? I, the, I haven't seen a family structure come together with any kind of uh, what's the word? Uh, who are at least well known. I haven't seen them come together and discuss these particular issues since I've been on the earth. Have you? I'm not sure no, how I... to respond to that. I mean, <laughs> I don't know, but our family is a little, little different. So, well, you you got two brothers on here that we have our cousin Zach. Uh, you're right. I mean, it, it's I'm looking at that. three this... of my own children. You, old Jeppico there. Oh, Jay. we're missing Willie. The only one that's missing is Willie, Willie boy. So Willie's Willie's not with us, but we also have Phyllis. Uh, she's in the wings. So let me let me mention a couple of things before we get rolling today. Um, we've been talking about Dad's book, Uncanceled, because we've officially launched it. And so you can pre-order that on Amazon.com. And we really encourage you guys to do it because the more we pre-order the more status we have on the book, which allows us to get it out to more people. So right now they're offering a little special. You can do uh, Theft of America Soul on Kindle for two ninety nine or five dollars off of your theft audiobook. But that only is only till Friday. So mm-hmm. uh, be sure and go and sign up, get you a book. Uh, we're gonna be super excited that this book is fantastic. And we had Gordon on last week uh, talking about it and it's uh, it's really good. So Dad preached yesterday <coughs> at WFR and it's the first time, Dad, you preached there in a couple of years because the last time you preached at WFR Maine was the Sunday that Phyllis was in attendance before we met her and found out she was our sister. Huh. And um, so we're going to talk about uh, some of that text uh, a little bit later on. Uh, but I, I kind of want to get a little bit update from Jeff while he's here on the on the podcast about kind of what's going on here. And Jason and Missy had a place here, and they have now fled to Tennessee from Texas, so... What's it like not having Jason around? Uh, I miss him. I miss him red beans and rice. Miss. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't nobody around here makes that. I think every time we were there, <laughs> at least once every three days, we would all gather up and eat red beans and rice <laughs> and, and Cajun cornbread. Uh, kind of an update with the fam. Uh, Lily is a freshman at Abilene Christian University, and she wow. is doing That's really so well. That's so amazing. I mean, I never thought my baby brother would have his one of his kids in college, which we talk about all the time, Dad. It just shows you the passage of time, you know, because I still remember Lily as a little baby, and now she's in college. My grandchildren are in college now. And having children, yeah. some of them. Not mine. Yes. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> that's, the, Not yet. that's the older wing. That's the older wing. Yeah. So what about the rest of them? I guess uh, Merritt's about to graduate. Merritt's a senior, doesn't know where she's going to school, but uh, – Everybody else is doing great. Gus is uh, 
he's playing flag football, you know, the, the little kids. He's totally dominating. Yeah. <laughs> Undefeated. Uh, I, I sort of expected Gus to be a dominator. Well, I just, he's you know, big I had for that, his age, you know. Oh, he's Real big. big. Yeah. yeah. What about AGI? What about all guys? Oh, um, what's cool is we just opened up the House of Hope with we partnered with the Tim Tebow Foundation. Oh, that's cool. Awesome, Excellent uh, choice. In Ethiopia, so it's going really well. We got six girls there. Um, it's awesome. Although the travel stuff, like I was going to go, I think in February, but it's just gotten, it's hard again. They're like a level four, you know, you just can't, can't get in some of these countries. Um, So, and I'm working on that, but the house is thriving and doing what the girls are doing. Awesome. So, so, uh, so dad on your sermon yesterday, I, uh, I jotted down, I was watching uh, from here in Austin. So I got to see it on the, on my computer from computer land. And uh, so I wrote down some of my favorite quotes. So I want to mention those to the audience for anybody who hadn't seen. By the way, you can go to WFRchurch.org if you want to watch Dad's sermon from yesterday. It should be up. Before you give the top five, I I would give that a 10 out of 10. I thought it was your best sermon I've ever heard. Really? It was Uh, really good. It was good because it's typically a tough crowd there. Of course, it was a good crowd yesterday. There were there were a lot of people that came from all over. But well, we have a we have a large live stream audience now, and a lot of those are also podcast listeners. That's why I like to mention on here. But you know, they you're right, Jace. They traveled to come here because mm-hmm. you know we had been mentioning it on here and on the you know on our live stream. That it was a big deal for for Dad to be up. So the first thing, Dad, the first one I really liked. You said this earlier is. I don't have any notes. I'm not smart enough to have notes. That was one of your quotes that I liked. So what did you mean by that? You're not smart enough to have notes. I, I'm, I'm, I'm on the other end of the spectrum of theologians. I'm not a theologian. I've never claimed to be one. I thought you were going to say you're a C-plus man. Well, he said that yesterday. Yeah. He was a C-plus C+ man. I, I just thought... At, there's sometimes that you just need to have a little more fire in the pulpit without dragging it on on some kind of three-point lesson plan that the theologian said this is the way to do it. Yeah. Come up with three no, points. I agree with that. I, I say you get uh, the sound man yesterday at that event needs, needs some sort of award because I noticed <laughs> – that he had your mic. You probably didn't notice this. That when you got loud, it, it you couldn't get loud. There was there was only so loud you could get, and the mic just went. I mean, I thought, boy, them boys are slick. There, they <laughs> all. <laughs> they call that the governor. <laughs> that, yeah, they had a governor, governor on your mic. So yeah. the louder you yeah. got, the softer it got. There's a little Bible caveat in all of this, and 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 there's three little words raised his voice yeah and and he raised his voice it's, that's quite a few texts say yeah, that. we've had this argument many we've times. got a lot of preachers running around now that they never raise their voice they need to work on that however if you want to look at the context when peter raised his voice in acts 2 14 i think it's 14 mm-hmm. and addressed the crowd they didn't have any microphones yeah <laughs> yeah so but that's now a, we do. Well, yeah, we we have them now. It's a computerized world, and most people burp, 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 burp. they've just they got little, <laughs> but they actually never get into a situation where they need to raise their voice to make yeah. a point. No, I thought you right. raised your voice perfectly at the right time, Phil. I I I called you. I don't call many people after I hear a lesson because I'm. I mean, I'm brutally honest, but that was really, really good. It was a, it, it was a good, I thought, scheme of redemption. The Bible in 30 minutes focused on that's what I tried the to Son do. of Man. Well, and that's why God. I thought that the that text was perfect for him because that was such a good. It's, it's kind of I call it a tentpole text in Matthew because that really is it all comes together right there to prepare. Well, well, for people, Al, for people that are just now listening. You had the first 16 chapters, Jesus claiming to be who he is. Right. And you get to this pivotal moment where he's asking his disciples, 
who do people say the Son of Man is? And then he declare he makes a declaration here based on Peter saying, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And you've got one of them we know of, Nathaniel, when told by some of the other disciples, we found the Messiah that the prophets talked about, that Moses spoke about, you know, we, we found him. And he said, well, who is he? They said, well, he's from Nazareth, Jesus of Nazareth. And Nathaniel says, can anything good come from Nazareth? So he's already saying, I don't know who this person thinks he is, but he can't be good because he's coming out of Nazareth. So that's the mindset of even the disciples who would be with Jesus. And what's interesting, I'll just read to y'all to show you this. You say, well, what would it take for Nathaniel to say, good night? He's, just, he's the Messiah, the Savior of the world. John chapter 20, John brings up, after the resurrection, and Peter and John ran up to the tomb. Verse 9 says, they still, the disciples now, and he's asked them before this, at least uh, probably halfway through his ministry, they, they, they've asked him, who do they say I am? They still did not understand from the scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Well, you would think as many times as Jesus said, from that time on, beginning in Matthew 16, halfway through his ministry, he said, here's what I'm going to do. And they, they all hurt, but they looked at each other. So when it came time for after the resurrection, and Jesus said, uh, you remember when I told you I was going to go to Jerusalem and I was going to be mocked and flogged and spit on and I was going, I'm going to die and I'm going to be raised from the dead. They all looked at one another. Peter's saying, ain't no way that's going to happen. So all the way to the empty tomb. So Jesus comes along post-resurrection. He says, hey, you got any fish? Y'all catch anything? So this is, they're looking over there, and they said, what? He said, y'all catching anything? Now watch this. Uh, then he told Peter, uh, the disciple whom Jesus loved, John, speaking about himself, said to Peter, it's the Lord. Well, as soon as they heard him say, it's the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, jumped into the water. The other disciple followed the boat, towing the net full of fish, they landed, they saw a fire burning. Jesus said, bring some of the fish you just caught. He's, he's ready for a fish fry. Simon Peter climbed aboard and dragged the net ashore, full of fish. Jesus said to him, come, have some breakfast. Now remember, this is the one that, they, that he had asked, who do you say I am? None of the disciples, check this out, dared ask him, who are you? Finally, we have an awakening. He said, none of them dared say, who are you? Well, you remember Nathaniel? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Who are you? Who did they say I am? They knew it was the Lord. Well, finally, after walking on water, making enough fish and bread to feed 5,000 raising the dead, finally they say, after the resurrection, he's standing there saying, let's have a fish fry. They finally say, it's the Lord. It finally, yes. my point is this. Look at humanity, the world, and the misunderstanding and the failure to recognize the one that it's a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. But that's that, why that's, that was, that's what's that, facing that's them. That's why that was so good. Because that's what I tried to bring out in the sermon yesterday. And you did well. Let's take a break. So Jeff, it may surprise you to know that we talk about men's underwear on this podcast now. This is something I never would have imagined from the Roberts of Men. And yet because of one of my favorite sponsors, Tommy John, uh, we've had these conversations and Dad 
finally, I understand that you have finally tried a pair. For it took me a while to get some down there to you and to try them on. So what what what's your reaction to Tommy John underwear? Better than that, it was what my wife's reaction was. Easy. We're in our seventies now, but I walked by in, in the Tommy Johns. And she goes, wow, you look sexy in those underwear. I gave her a thumbs up and patted her on the back, and we went to sleep. Pop some popcorn. (laughs) The problem was, Dad used to wear the tidy whities but I've noticed as you get older, tidy whities turn into tidy Lucy's. Tell me about it. And so not really that sexy. So, well, look, I couldn't think of a better uh, ad than that from Miss Kay. Uh, Wow. I can think of a few. Tommy, Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear, or it's free. And so they, they stand by their prize. You get 20% off your first order right now at TommyJohn.com slash Phil. That's 20% off your first order, TommyJohn.com slash Phil. You will love it, and you may get a wow from your wife. TommyJohn.com slash Phil. See their site for details. Well, I'm saying it's a question for all of humanity is to ask, who do you say the Son of Man is? That's right. That's good. Who named the sermon? Because that was a good name. The big reveal. Was that you or somebody else? That was Al, your brother. Wow. That was a a good name because of verse 17. I like it because it says this was not. When he said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God, it says this was not revealed to you by man, but by my father in heaven. That's it. The big reveal. And so so, so then it's who he is. And then what he's going to do and how he's going to do it, which is the rest of Matthew. I just wanted to get How you paved the way for me just to take it from where you were talking about it and just run forward with it all the way to our death to sin because of our faith in Jesus' death. We die to sin. And what do you know? We're buried and we're raised from the dead. It's, it's amazing, isn't it, James? <laughs> yeah. Well, I was laughing at Dad because – Dad said, he's saying this, I think it was on the podcast where he was telling me, he said, yeah, the, they asked me at Whitesway Road to come over and speak. I said, Dad, it was me. It was, uh, I, that's yeah. what I do. Now. Wow, you <laughs> picked out that one <laughs> statement where he said uh, he had no notes, but I, the statement yeah. he said after is the one that nobody laughed at when he said, hey, this could go on for hours. <laughs> <laughs> but nobody laughed because everybody thought, no, no. oh, this, no, this really could. <laughs> I love that verse 17 there because I think that's a, 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 he says, you mentioned it, Jason. Jesus said to him, blessed are you, Simon, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. I think that when you start talking about who is Jesus, it, I think a lot of us think that we somehow are like explorers and we, we're, we're exploring around us and then we come upon the discovery. But that's not really how you come into uh, this kind of encounter with a living God. It is the Father is revealing him to us. And I think that is pretty powerful to think about that doesn't, this doesn't originate with us. Even faith itself originates with God in that God's revealing to us. Look, and here's the, here's the, here's the, 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 the thing that is shocking. When Paul talked to the Corinthians, he said, we speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we speak of God's secret wisdom, a wisdom that has been hidden. That's why all the way to the cross and even to this day after the, after the resurrection, we speak that it's been hidden, that God destined for our glory before time again. None of the rulers of this age, because we're saying, well, how come they couldn't figure out who it was that was talking based on what he did. None of the rulers of this age, that's either satanic or the Roman Empire, I say both of them, they didn't understand it. For if they had, if they had known who he was and what he was going to do, they would not have crucified him. That's why he said it says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. He just did it all without the rulers, the rulers of satanic rulers of this age. You can say Ephesians 6.10 is what he's talking about. But you could add the Roman Empire and you say, 
They just didn't get it, Al. All the way to no. the resurrection. They just did not. And to this back, day, uh, it's still hidden. Well, and, and the reason is... It's amazing. It, look, this was revealed to me when I was in Greece. One of the things that resonated with the people that I was speaking to is, is I made a point similar to what you just made, saying that if your religious group is reigning in death, that's the exact opposite of what Jesus is doing. Yeah. He, he's reigning in life it, because throughout history, the evil one would always, that was his go-to move. That's why it says he was a murderer from the beginning, Yeah, which is right. what power and kingdoms were known for. Whoever can kill the most people and conquer the most territory, they rule the world. So they're thinking, yeah. oh, so you think you're the and son the of... And the Jews they, were looking for just that. We need to rule the world. Well, right. So the, when he said, hey, I'm the son of God, they're like, well, he's a threat. Let's kill him because yeah. that's what evil does. But what I was making that point over there, well, here's a group of people that are refugees from countries where they will kill you if you do not believe their message. So to them, it meant more, that statement, because now here they see, oh... Jesus is about life, love, and life. Get rid of him. Yeah, that's, that's right. It's, it's well, that, just I mean, so that's, that's, crazy. That's the, that's the point he makes and Paul makes in 1 Corinthians 2 that Phil just mentioned. He, what, the revelation that God's revealing, I love this, and he says, Phil, you just mentioned it, but it's, it's the things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard and which have not entered the heart of man all that God has prepared for those who love Him, and that and that is life. And to 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 the point that uh, Jesus makes in Matthew seven uh, sixteen seventeen says, "For for to us God revealed them through the Spirit." So the natural man, He says, can't even see these things. You 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 can't see the things of God until God supernaturally reveals them to you, which reduces all of our bragging rights and and. Um, you know, I was thinking about that uh, when he talks about the building his rock upon the church. I was going to ask y'all, um, do y'all think that in, in, in Matthew 16 when he says, upon this rock I'll build my church, do you think he's talking about Peter or do you think he's talking about Peter's confession? Because that's that's the big debate. Peter's I, I, I confession. Was I would say Peter's I confession. Absolutely. I agree. Totally agree. I do think because it's humorous that he was known as the rock. On, on who he is. but Our confession of faith standing next, before we go down into the watery grave, our confession of faith is Jesus is the Messiah. He is the Son of yes. God. He is God in flesh. That That's quite a statement for a human being to make, but it must be made from the heart to get out of here. But, but it also yeah. gives us confidence because Peter was definitely a man of action and he made a lot of mistakes. And the fact that he made all those mistakes, I mean, he's he's just fixing to be, I mean, Jesus is fixing to just call him Satan here. And Think about uh, it. Just like you two, dying two minutes for, later. Yeah, you dying for the sins of the world. Forget that. That's not going to happen. Yeah, and he's like, get behind me, Satan. But yep. the fact that he would build his church on that rock coming from the lips of a guy who made many mistakes kind of gives me confidence <laughs> A couple thousand years later. Even Nathaniel <laughs> saying nothing good comes out of Nazareth. Yeah, Jesus Jesus didn't hold it against him. He said, there's a true Israelite right there. He, yeah. <laughs> he didn't hold it against him. Yeah, He had no idea who he was. Don't you think that Paul made that transfer, Zach, with, of the confession of Peter in Romans 10 when he said, you know, that you confess Jesus as Lord that's our way of embracing the kingdom of God. So he, he basically he opened that resurrection up for all it, of us. He adds a resurrection too. If you believe God raised him from the dead and confess right. with your mouth, then you understand how this works. Yeah. And then there's that passage in Revelation that we're saved by the, what is it, the the, the blood of the lamb and the power of our testimony. Yeah, where are your testimony? Yes, I, I think that the idea is, is that there's power in this confession. Um, yeah, some people believe that the church is built on the rock of Peter, which I hope that's not true because Peter is not capable of sustaining the church. That's right. But certainly this confession, that, and I love the confession because here's the confession, that Jesus, uh, you are the Christ and the Son of the living God. Uh, 
I mean, that, that, is, uh, that is the confession that the, the church is built on, and, I, and, and we get this promise that that confession has so much power that the gates of hell will not overpower it. Yeah. It's not us that sustains it at all, and I think that's encouraging. I for used, our, I, I used uh, the last few words in the book of Revelation that John was recorded. He said, I'm the Alpha and the omega the beginning and the end and yesterday during the sermon i said in a, and, and here's a news flash i said it somehow not only is he the beginning and the, of, and the end he's the end of the beginning <laughs> the end it ends with him yeah, that's pretty good mm. now let's take another break Look, here's what I've I've noticed in a conversation with my wife. I told her, I said, buy a helix, sell the headboard. We have a wall. Am I wrong here? <laughs> what do we what do we need are these you anti, for? Are you anti-headboard? The only thing I can yes. uh, figure out headboard is good for is tell you which end of the bed you're on, <laughs> where, you, where your head is. Well, guess headboard? what? <laughs> I don't mind turning around and swapping those positions from yeah. time to time. You can go head to feet or feet to head with that one. Well, one thing you don't want to miss, even if you don't have a headboard or a footboard, is the Helix mattress because that's the most important part of the bed. Uh, we've been uh, advertising for the guy, these guys for a while. We love their product. Uh, their number one overall mattress. You go to helixsleep.com slash unashamed. You're going to take your little two-minute sleep quiz. They're going to match and customize your mattress. It's going to be the best sleep of your life. They have a 10-year warranty, um, and you get it for 100 nights risk-free. They'll pick it up, but trust me, you won't want to have it picked up. So Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash unashamed. That's helix, H-E-L-I-X, sleep.com slash unashamed, $200 off two free pillows and a great night's sleep. So, Dad, another quote of yours that I love, and you said this with that that, uh, volume that you mentioned earlier. You said this, you know, boldly. You said you need to repent and get out of that crap. <laughs> I thought I, th- I thought that was pretty pretty good. I don't good remember that line. Oh yeah, that was there. Uh, yeah. And then after that, you said, uh, "Imagine if I had had notes," which I thought was pretty good because you had talked about not having. Then you said, "Imagine if I'd have had them, how good yeah. this would have been." And then you said, "It took that much to save our sorry hides." I thought that was pretty good, just to, to put us all in the same boat. And then the last quote I have, which is my favorite, how does a man find himself walking my dog? Yeah. <laughs> yeah that yeah. needs more context. That's, <laughs> that's, the, that's, the, that's, the, that's the guy a week, a week ago that I'm driving into where we live, and I see a vehicle parked at my gate on this side of the gate, there has to be a code for you to get through the gate. Well, this guy is walking away from his vehicle, I'd say 300 yards, and Bobo, my dog, is running along beside him. Well, I pull up and say, uh, what are you doing with walking my dog here? I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm just walking with Bobo. I said, how do you know my dog's name? And he said, I saw it on TV. I said, I said, well, where are you from? He said, I'm from uh, North Dakota. I said, so you drove a thousand miles to be walking my dog. Is there something I can do for you? And, and he said, I've never been water immersed. I said, water immersed. I said, well, I said, I'm going to drive down to your vehicle, crank it up, get behind my truck, and I'll explain that to you. So I just drove on by, I got to the gate, opened it, and he followed me through the gate. And now he is a son of God because he, I told him the good news about Jesus and we went to the river and I baptized him. It was a good, it was a good, it started with a man walking my dog and I've never seen the man before. So yeah, Bobo, I, I, would just, I, would, I would advise the listeners, though, be, be careful doing that. You might get yourself in a little trouble. 
<laughs> best, yeah, best, a, best to go through the church on that, probably. Yeah, we we have a process by which to do it, but the guy from North Dakota didn't understand the process. So you'll you'll email us; we'll hook you up with who you need to talk to. But it just struck me as funny that Dad would say, and I can hear him saying it. How does a man find himself walking my dog? I thought that was interesting. Only yep. only Dad could that happen to. I figured if he's good enough for Bobo, I'd be good enough to, for to be a son yeah, of God, Bobo, too. Bobo will bite you. Oh, yeah, I know it. But they so. had made friends. And I yeah. thought, well, <laughs> what are you doing, Bobo? I did notice that when I pulled up there, I said, well, I was looking around, <clears throat> and Bobo, I said, where'd Bobo go? He said, well, he's on your side of the truck. And I opened my door, and Bobo hopped up with me. He said, i just bringing a man to be converted here. Bobo sent her looking out. He, we went on to the river. <laughs> Bobo gave him the seal of approval. Well, Bobo has his gave him the seal of approval. Bobo has his own Facebook page. He's a, he's a very famous dog. Yeah, he's getting big. Uh, yeah, he's big. he's bigger than me. Is that the one at Big K? Oh yeah. yeah. You know what's interesting? Uh, you know, he's talking about that sermon yesterday. There was a guy there that heard you preach twenty five years ago. And uh, so we had a conversation, but he said, yeah, that's the best one he's given since he had that dream. So I was going to ask you about this. And I was like, what dream? He said, well, 25, year, 25 years ago, he said he preached a sermon and he'd had a dream. He said, ask him about, he said, El Camino Real. Do you remember this? In Spanish, it means the, 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 the winding road, the... Uh... Yeah, the right road. The right road. Well, do you you don't remember this? No. Well, Phil, you, you, you gave. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I remember twenty five years ago. No, I don't remember. Oh, well, you. <laughs> he said that you had had a dream, and you woke up thinking this this phrase. I think that was it. El Camino Real. Yeah. And uh, the royal so, royal. So road. we had one of the brothers there, uh, Manny who speaks Spanish, you you went to him and said, what does this mean? And he said, the right road. The royal road. Or the royal road. Okay. I the think royal road. And uh, so, you, then, so you, you took that to mean that's what you needed to give your sermon on, and you, you gave the sermon on the, the narrow road versus the broad yeah. road. So do you yeah. remember it now? No. But, well, I thought it was pretty impressive <laughs> that a guy rem for for twenty five years ago that's he remembered that. So a lot of times you think, boy, I don't know what happened there. I might have got in the way, but I mean, it, it was I, I was pretty impressed. So I thought I would. I I heard rumors about that sermon. It was it was a it was a fan favorite at White's Ferry Road for a while. Yep, I don't remember it, that. I must have El been Camino Royale. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember that, but that's. I mean, you're right, Jace. Most sermons are pretty much forgotten for the most part, but there'll be some that'll hit just right some person, and they'll never forget it. I mean, I get that from people, too, every once in a while, which yeah. is humbling when it happens. I think that's why God has given some the, the gift of prophesying, which is just preaching, preaching the Word. Uh, that it may be because things you think won't have an impact with some people, you know, years go by, and they never forget. It's a, it's a healthy thing to remember things that point you to Jesus and got you there, whatever the topic was. I agree. Well, and all of us here uh, kind of have a gift of gab. Jep was, which I'm proud of Jep, because you were the least uh, likely wanting to do it. But once you just kind of said, I'm going to step over that fear and yeah. got it in front of people, I mean, it, it allowed you to do what you do. I actually just had my um, first speaking thing in probably two years, I would say. You know, once COVID hit, I just kind of quit going out. But um, it was uh, a couple of days ago in Albuquerque, New Mexico. It was a thing called Teen Challenge. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, we've done yeah, that. I yeah. mean, dude, it was uh, awesome. Those guys are awesome. There were three kids that gave their testimony. One, this guy who was living under a bridge in a tent – I mean, had absolutely no hope, strung out on all kind of stuff. He was the most eloquent speaker. Like, you'd have never known this guy lived in a tent. I mean, it was it just showed you the power of Jesus and, like, mm -hmm. yep. you know, repentance and where where that can lead. It was awesome. Yep. Did, did you share your testimony, Jeff? 
I did. I gave them my little testimony about, you know, uh, coming to the house, you know, just we had our big the intervention. intervention. Yeah. You talk, did you talk about dragging me into sin with you? <laughs> no, I did talk about you, though. It was funny because I, I talked about leaving that note on her uh, on the apartment. Remember? <laughs> yeah. It said, moved out, changed my life, tell you more later. And I walk in and like, all, all the you, you owned all the furniture and it was gone. So I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> yep. We might be in trouble. <laughs> so, so wait a minute now. So y'all, because I, I remember y'all were running buddies in the in the pig pen. So when hang on, Jeff, Jays. hang on, Jays. Let's take a break. One of our new sponsors uh, is a group called Canva Pro, and they're a design platform that empowers you to create and share stunning content in just a few clicks. Uh, they're fast. They're fun. Thousands of people have gotten on board. They have uh, premium fonts and videos and photos and so much more. You and your four teammates can unlock everything Canva Pro has to offer for just $12.99 a month. And they've got content planner that's going to save you time planning and creating. Zach, I know that you and Jill have used this. To, do you give them a thumbs up? Absolutely. I've used it for uh, various secret projects. Um here internally that we're doing with the company. Also, Jill used it to design the cover of her book. If you don't have a graphic artist in-house, uh, this is like a great product to use. It's super user-friendly. Highly recommend it. So if you want to design like a pro, go with Canva Pro. Just go to canva.me slash unashamed to get a free 45-day extended trial. That's canva, C-A-N-V-A dot me, M-E slash unashamed. Canva.me slash unashamed. So when Jeff had that happen, that's that was his. He left a note on the door for you. Yeah, you so should we have kept. We should have kept that note. I should have kept it. If I'd have known he was going to be famous, I would have. I would have kept it. Sold it at the height of that dynasty on eBay. Moved out. <laughs> Actually, cha- changed life. Moved out. That was it. Good luck. I'll tell you more later. Tell so you more later. There, there was Actually, Zach thought he'd be back by dinner, so he he didn't save the note because like, he thought no how long would it last. Jeff, you oh. need to write a book, and that needs to be the title. Yeah. You know, that, that's hey, I hadn't heard that story. Idea. Me and Zach should write one together. Yeah. We need to. There you go. We got the it. rest yeah. of the story. It was it was crazy because we, we knew something was up because we, we were up to no good, and we always kept a bag of marijuana on our mantle, and then we had a – we'd always have uh, natural light, what was beer we drank. We'd have that in the fridge, and, um, and so uh, – Willie invites us to a Bible study. Apparently, he had broken into our apartment. We didn't know it. We were so stupid. But he goes, some of you, you're sitting here listening to this, shaking your head like you agree with me. But if I were to go to your apartment, I'd see a a couple cases of natural light in your fridge. You'd have a bag of weed on your mantle. Of course, me and Jeff were like, man, man, that's so similar to our story. You know, we thought he was just. So we were like, we're going to have one more blowout. And then we're going to start calming down because I think that, we kind of sense that you guys are on to us, and uh, but we never got a chance for that last blowout. Jesus got a hold of Jet first, and and then me second. So it was a family intervention, and everyone had a speech for Jeppico, and it worked. It, his exact words were after Jason spoke. Al, Jason, his mother, Miss Kay, me. After we all gave our input into it, uh, the question. Uh, Old Jeff Bear asked, he said, what took y'all so long? Mm-hmm. You know, where have y'all been? Yeah. I said, well, we're here now. But it changed his life. So welcome aboard, can... uh, Jeppico. <laughs> <That Thanks>, could... <laughs> it's like it just <laughs> happened. <laughs> like it just happened. Uh, that could be another book title. What took y'all so long? That could be another interesting story. Well, you know, and that's what I'm saying, Jeff, you know, we all kind of became well-known and we got opportunities to tell our story. I remember Jeff and I, we were in Poto, Oklahoma. You remember this, Jeff? And we shared our testimony together. And we had never, I don't think we'd ever done it before or since. But it was really interesting because Jeff and I, oldest, youngest, were the bookend prodigal sons in our family, which mom loves saying that. You know, who do you think out of my, my boys were prodigals? Well, they all guessed Jace and Willie just because the way they were on the show fighting all the time and all that. But she said, nope, the baby and the preacher, you know, they were the prodigals. <laughs> so we uh, we gave our testimony together to a group of men, 
and it was really powerful. But I noticed Jep's growth when I came over here to Austin, and he was working a room. They were raising money for all God's children. And I just watched him work in that room, you know, from the front, which is something I've done my whole life. And, you know, we've, we've done different times for different things. And I was like, Jep has done it. I mean, he's God has brought him over that hump because he worked that room and they raised a ton of money and for a great cause. And I was just I was so proud of you, Jeff, because I was like, I knew that wasn't your thing. Of course, Jace talks about it all the time, too, that public speaking was never he didn't think that was ever his thing. And yet we all realized because we had an opportunity that so we Jeff, had to do So your work it. there involves trying to get people to adopt children that have been just <coughs> thrown away. Is that was that is that fair? Yep. I, I would say that's a very fair thing to say. I mean, it, most all of our children are special needs, um, you know, victims of abuse. Like, it's kind of the society's, you know, yep. castaways, throwaways. And uh, so that's why it's, I love it is because if it ain't for us, I don't know who's going to look after these kids. I mean, yep. I don't know. They, just, they just ain't going to make it. Yep. Yeah, you're doing good work, Ed. Yep. Thank you. So the long, um, the long pause. The long pause. Well, I was thinking, I know we're going to get into <laughs> Chapter 17 later, but, I mean, here was this epic moment on Flaming, making this rock, you know, the foundation, Jesus is the Son of God. And then when he gets to 17, which is this awesome display of power, then he starts talking about, in 18, the importance of children and not causing them to stumble. And, yeah, I mean, how does that fit into this scenario? You know, I mean, what a what a poignant moment. I mean, I, I'm I'm ready to get in it because a lot of the in our society today, there's people coming up with different sorts of laws and and ideas to try to tarnish and taint children's minds. You know, telling them what to think instead of how. Yep. And uh, well, or even like in Jeff's experiences with the the kids he deals with, that they're so. Uh, taken advantage of and and done terribly you know in in different cultures and you know the idea that they're just someone's property to do with whatever they want to is is terrible i mean and of course to me that's what jesus speaks to most of all i think he's aiming it at the disciples by saying this is the kind of faith you should have is the faith of a child you know that just has that willingness to do that before we get there though let's, let's take our last break i wanted to bring up one thing before we left 16 um and we mentioned it briefly, but it was when Peter got rebuked. Um, I mean, do you not? Does do you guys not see that as sort of the ultimate human, you know, failure in that he had just proclaimed who Jesus was, and Jesus basically says, "Man, I'm proud of you because you know that came straight from God, and yet you were willing to embrace it." But then, literally in the next breath when then he describes what that means. In other words, if I am the living God, I came here to die, and, and this is what I'm going to have to do. And Peter rebukes him. And then he, I mean, in the same I mean, the same conversation, Jesus turns around and says, get behind me, Satan. I mean, doesn't that represent sort of humanity's weakness in it the does. sense that you can get, get it so right, and then you can turn right around and get it so wrong? It does. You know, in the same conversation? Yep. Well, and I think he's, he's like, well, who— you know, you you may you figured it out, but then you're trying to apply what you think I should do, which is what we all have a temptation. Every as human beings, we want to fit who God is into the way we think this should happen, or or what I want yeah. to do. Because then he then he goes into this speech about it's this is how I'm going to do this, and it's the exact opposite of what you just said. Because then he starts getting into the, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Well, people are still having difficulty understanding what that means today. They're like, do what? Take up my cross. Yep. And then he's like, whoever wants to save his life will lose it. They're like, what? Yep. Doesn't make sense. This doesn't make sense. So I I think it starts with your narrative of God. You got to come to him 
surrendered, and then you got to be open to what he wants you to do, which is basically continue a life of surrender, which goes back to that where he all started on that Sermon on the Mount with those Beatitudes. None of that was appealing to me when I was reading my Bible as a new Christian. When I saw that, blessed are the poor in spirit and the meek, and I was like, uh, I don't know about this. What does this mean? Yep. <laughs> you know, I was wanting to yield the sword and let's go whoop somebody. Yep. I was going to say, I think it's a battle of the wheels. This is what I've learned is when I'm trying to do my will, that usually doesn't work out well. When I yield to what I think God wants me to do, things work out much better. Yeah, 100%. I, I was thinking that if we, when we talk about God, who God is, you know, who do you say I am, how we define God matters a, a lot. And um, when we look at his attributes, I mean, I do think there are some attributes that are contingent upon God creating us. For example, like wrath is a contingent attribute because God wasn't pouring wrath out on Himself before He creates because there was no sin. Mercy is a is a attribute that God has, but it's how He relates to His creation. Sovereignty, God is sovereign over His creation. But but a pre-existing attribute of who God is is John. Uh, I think it's First John four eight. God is love, and I think what you're seeing here in this revelation of Himself in Matthew sixteen, He's He's revealing His nature as being love. And what Peter wants, like us, is like, oh, let's go conquer. Let's go. Let, let, let's set up the kingdom. Let's get the. I mean, let's get the weapons out. Let's roll. And That's Jesus it. is like, you don't understand how this is going to play out. I'm actually. I didn't come here to conquer that way. I came here to conquer through suffering. And a suffering savior is not. Um, it's not popular. It wasn't popular then. It's not popular today because it's offensive and it puts us in a position of where, like Jeff said, we got to release control at that point say, well, wait a second, I'm not going to be able to control this thing? And God's like, no. Uh, God says, I, I set the example when I emptied myself, Philippians 2. The Bible says that, that He emptied Himself of, it said that He didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made Himself nothing, took on the nature of a servant. So when you start thinking about, man, if that's what God did, the Creator of the cosmos, if He condescends that far and takes on human flesh, which is completely absurd, and if God's going to do that, what does that mean for me? And I think that what he's revealing here in, in the scriptures, as I, I think what he's saying is, is there's something beautiful in, in denying yourself. There's something beautiful in laying down yourself. There, the, the real riches of the kingdom, the, what was promised in uh, 1 Corinthians 2, uh, what, what, what no eye see, no, no ear has heard, what God has prepared for those who love him. I think it's some kind of relational thing we get when we empty ourselves like Christ did. That's why Paul said our attitude's got to be like Jesus. So, I think that's what he's kind of getting at here. And I don't think Peter really got it until after he denied him three times on the night of his death. Yeah. And then when he saw him in the resurrected body. And the reason why is because right up until the moment, remember Peter's the one that does have a sword and cuts off the guy's ear yeah, at right. the critical moment. He's still thinking, we're going to take this thing by force. And Jesus says, put the sword away, and he puts the guy's ear back on, which shows you how he is. And I call it, Zach, it's restraint to be able to restore. And yeah, so, true. like, Jesus could have called down <laughs> legions of angels and wiped out everybody that was around him. But he showed restraint because without what he did, we wouldn't be restored. And that's what makes the, that, that's what makes the cross so powerful, is that, is that song we sang growing up. You know, he could have called 10,000 angels. Yep. Like he could have called 10,000 angels and wiped everybody out, but he didn't. Right. And I think it's something in there that we're like, we're trying to get our mind around what kind of what kind of being would do this, you know? And that's what that's so when you answer the question, who who do you say I am? Those are the that's the thing I think God wants us to contemplate is, you know, and even Peter. Peter, Peter even missed this even after the resurrection for a time period in Galatians when he when he slipped. And remember, he went around and started hanging out with the Judaizers. And, and Paul said that he had to go to Peter and rebuke him to his face when he saw that he was not acting in line with, with the truth of the gospel. Uh, so even, I love that because I love Peter because I feel like that a lot of us, man, we still struggle with sin. Even knowing all this, we still struggle with it. 
but Peter's yeah. kind of like this guy. We can say, well, hey, he did it too. It's yeah. all about the weapons, and Peter had a misunderstanding. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world, guns, bullets, and whatever. On the contrary, the weapons we fight, we, we have, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Man, what a, what a, what a text. Different what weapons, text boys. That, what text was that? Uh, I think that's 2 Corinthians 10. 2 Corinthians at, yeah. 10. Yeah, like verse yeah. 5 or something. Well, I think, you know, our world has a has this backwards i mean there's so much uh people are so get their feelings hurt and they're so easily offended these days and i mean you you want people to rise up and and be strong but you know when i look back at our when when y'all first came to jesus and our, our humble beginnings i mean look there were when it came to work and we were pushed hard and and i think shown you know tough love in a lot of things we did but these spiritual qualities the more god revealed those to us it didn't really affect how we were you know in functioning i, I felt like you know the verse that in colossians says whatever you do work at it with all your heart i mean you can be tough you can work hard you can set an example but when you realize that how god uses us you have to surrender your heart and these spiritual qualities because that truly is the the making of a man or a woman i mean that mm -hmm. that's the strength even though you think it's weak and something you don't want to pursue to me that's that's what true strength is i i found out a truism i would call it uh when it comes to our serving jesus Fame, when it came, I'd never known fame. But when I saw fame, what little bit I have come my way, it taught me a lesson. Fame's a bummer unless you use fame to point people to Jesus. In that case, you say, it, it's okay. It's, it, it, it ain't bad. But, but, until, but you understand, right, until you understand that, Fame can really rip you to shreds. That's exactly yes, where I was going with that. Because I remember when we became famous and all of a sudden we have more money. When you start getting invited to these things where other famous people are, with people yep. with money, well, I looked around and thought, this is it for you? You think just hanging out here and th this is like life, the pinnacle of life? Well, how sad is this? No, yep. thank. No, thank you. Yep. I'm going to do something with what God has given me besides this. Yep. That's good. All right. We're out of time. We'll try to do better next time. And we made it all the way to the end, Jay. That's true. We did. Thank you. Hey, thank you. I was wrong. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.